Welcome to the Management Insights Podcast Series hosted by McGraw-Hill Education. My name is Debbie Clare, Executive Marketing Manager for our management portfolio. Today's topic, mentoring. Our guest, Suzanne Dionish. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks, Debbie, for having me here. Um, I have spent the last, well, 20 plus years of my career both in academia as well as keeping a foothold in what's going on in the real world. In fact, some have a name for that, Pracademic. (laughs) And um, and I'm I'm okay with that. And I've published both in academic journals as well as places like Harvard Business Review. In fact, my most recent piece in the Harvard Business Review is about CEO mentoring. And that, in fact, is not CEOs mentoring their successors, no. It is how CEOs are being mentored and why it's so critical. And it's kind of a little bit, when it came out a few years ago, is a bit groundbreaking because up until that point, while the mentoring research was certainly um, maybe at its peak 25 years or so in this research, we never really looked at CEOs, I think, because we believe that they're at the pinnacle of their career. Why would they need somebody older and wiser to help them? And I'm sure we'll have a little more time to go into some of the details about mentoring, but I can tell you um, it is an important aspect of our development as, as people, as well as professionals, to have not just one, but multiple mentors throughout our careers. So why is mentoring so important? Well, the thing is this. <laughs> Here's an interesting statistic. They say that today's student by the time they are halfway through their four-year program, 70% of what they learn will be obsolete by the time they graduate. Think about it. You know, one of the uh, job titles today is UX engineer. In case you or our listeners don't know about that, that's user experience. Ten years ago, this position did not exist. So as everybody, I'm exaggerating, has a smartphone or two, um, the way and the, the way in which technology is changing and changing so rapidly, even if you get a great degree from a great school, no one person knows everything there is to know. And things continue to change rapidly. The workforce has its challenges. Demographically, things are changing all the time. Um, who knew 25 years ago that today's manager might have to manage part or fully a a virtual workforce. So these are skills that are continuing to evolve and emerge. So a mentor is someone who has been there and done that and is able to be a sounding board, an advocate, someone with whom you can uh, learn and share so that you can, well, maybe shortcut the learning process a little bit and get to where you need to be a little sooner. And what are the benefits to students as you see it? Well, here's an interesting thing, Debbie. A lot of students only see that the mentee or protege, pick your term, benefits from this mentoring relationship. And and I'll, I'll briefly mention those. In the research, which is very clear, people who are mentored versus those who are not have higher compensation move more quickly through the organization. They they move further and faster in their career. Um, And they're more satisfied, partly because they've had somebody or several somebodies to throw their ideas out or, geez, I'm not sure if sales is really the right career for me. And so they have a chance to kind of 
question themselves out loud and and maybe think about other paths. And so, and I say the research is, is clear on this. For students, I will add to those benefits. One of them is to get a reality check. I mean, I'd like to think that as business professors go, I'm a little bit more aligned with the real world than some just because of the kind of work that I've been doing in my career. But I'm not every day managing a million-dollar business, 500 direct reports. I mean, this is not my life. So when I have my students connect with mentors in the class that I teach, they're getting a dose of reality of, yes, we talk about diversity and its challenges. Yes, we talk about empowering as a way of managing. But people who are doing it day in and day out are the best source of information, the best source of advice, not me. So they get a chance to really see that what they're learning is not just textbook, but it's real life. So in a way, it's a sounding board for the students, an outlet to get a real glimpse into the real world. I'm curious, what do you think mentors get out of it? Well, mentors get a lot. In fact, I'm going to tell you one quick story. One of my MBA students a few years ago was uh, connected to, he connected to the CEO of a major hospital in rural Virginia. And the mentor, the CEO, wrote back to me at one point, because I, I had the students send out a thank you note at the end of the semester. He wrote to me and he said, no, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to figure out what my FHPs are going to be. And then he wrote out what that meant future historic policies. Yeah, that kind of gives chills, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So in the process of talking with this, I don't know, late 20s MBA student to a very successful CEO, the CEO had a chance to reflect on, you're right, why do we do the things that we do? Why haven't we questioned the inefficiency or the inappropriateness of some of the things that, well, they've been written and their policies, so I guess that's the way it goes. So mentors benefit from the chance to kind of check out and see if what is relevant today is was relevant yesterday is still relevant today. Um, you know, if you want to get specific, you look at the demographics of CEOs. We're not talking about a very diverse group you know, in totality. And so CEOs get a chance to kind of understand from people who are in, in less represented groups, you know, from women or minorities, what life is like from their vantage point. Um, they have a chance, what we call career revitalization, you know, just by listening to people at different phases of their careers. Sometimes mentors might think, you know, I think I'm ready to give back or I think, you know, rather than running a multi-million dollar company, I think I'd like to get involved with a, a nonprofit organization that, that's all about education, for example. So it can be reinvigorating for them. It can be reinvigorating. It can be exciting. And here's one other benefit. So many people who choose to mentor others were almost always mentored in their careers. So it's this kind of paying forward, giving back. Yeah. So it's, it's a good feeling. And, and the research, by the way, on what we call helping behavior, when we help other people, we not only help them, but we help ourselves. We, we feel better. There are physiological changes, good ones that occur in our bodies when we help other people. 
So it's, it's, it's a good deal all around. How can students develop these mentoring relationships? Well, it starts with the network that students currently have. And those networks may consist of friends and family and former teachers, uh, pastors, priests, etc., hairdressers. Um, and they can build their networks through their current people. In fact, you know, if you look at Facebook and LinkedIn, although I tend to separate them as professional and personal in reverse order, um, we can begin to see how we can use these tools, these online and and internet-based tools to help expand our networks. Hey, Debbie, I see you work from McGraw-Hill. I've thought long and hard about a career in publishing. Do you mind if uh, I send you an email from time to time to learn a little bit about your opinion about X? Or even better, if you're in the same town as I am, can I buy you a coffee? And can I pick your brain for half an hour? I'd really be interested. My students are shocked and amazed in a positive way at how very few times they get a no. Because most of us who are successful, we don't get to where we are by ourselves. I think here's another interesting tidbit. Oprah Winfrey, very successful and has helped many people along the way in her career. She credits her fourth grade teacher as her first mentor and someone who really, really helped her begin to see her potential and, and begin to enact it. So, you know, even the most famous of people that you and I know, I, I dare you to show me a single person who'll say, nope, never had a mentor. So it's essential. Is one mentor enough? One mentor is a good start. <laughs> right. You have to start somewhere, yeah, right? One, one is better than none for sure. But, you know, as I said, because technology is changing rapidly, we're a globalized marketplace, how we deal with so many different and diverse customers and their needs. There's no way that even one mentor would have all the answers or all the expertise that you need. So having a set of mentors, preferably a diverse set, whether it's diversity by gender, by industry, by experience, by age, um, the more the merrier to a point. The reason I say that is because you know, it's not like Facebook, ooh, I've got 1,536 friends, aren't I special? It's, it's the quality of the relationship. So if someone were to have three or four mentors and they care and feed for those relationships, that would pay probably much greater dividends than having nine or 10 mentors, but all better than zero or one. <laughs> Any last minute remaining tips before we sign off? Sure. Um, well, I think one tip is the importance of recognizing that even if we are shy, it doesn't mean that we're not going to be able to develop these mentoring relationships. Nearly everybody has access to a smartphone and to an email address and so, or to a LinkedIn account. And so even for the people who might naturally be a little reticent at connecting with initiating a relationship with someone who would qualify as someone who's been there and done that and might be willing to lend some expertise or be a sounding board. If a mentee or a protege is a little bit, again, hesitant about creating, initiating this relationship, excuse me, they should know that we have online mechanisms that may make the initiation a little easier. And there's nothing forbidding uh, a mentee from 
moving that relationship to a face-to-face one as time goes by. On the other hand, I tell my students who have an assignment to develop these mentoring relationships not to let geography bind them. So, for example, I had a student who was from Indonesia, and I said, look, if you know someone who fits the criteria to being a mentor in this particular assignment I have in my class, don't let geography or time zone or even language prevent you from developing this relationship just as long as when you turn in your assignment, you translate it into English later on. <laughs> so that's, I think that's the beauty that, that really we have so much possibility, so much more possibility today than 20 years ago because of what the internet and what technology has afforded us. Well, thank you so much for this great advice. To our listeners, check back for future topics and spread the word to your colleagues about our podcast series. Why? Because learning changes everything. Everything.